Hello and welcome to the Trinity Fit Over 40 podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 method. And together with our world-class coaching team, we've helped more than 6,000 women over 40 to fit back into their favorite clothes over the past decade. For more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. So in today's episode, we're going to reveal the five biggest mistakes people make around menopause. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's podcast. We've worked with so many women over 40 who were struggling to lose weight and weren't seeing any movement on the scales no matter what they tried. These women were trying all the things which worked in their 20s and 30s, but then stepping on the scales at the end of the week and seeing zero movement. For many of these ladies, this was starting to have a big impact on their confidence and on their self-esteem, making it difficult for them to enjoy life to the fullest. I can't tell you how many women I've spoken to who felt they were no longer able to wear their favorite clothes, who were choosing clothes to cover up problem areas instead of wearing what they liked, putting in loads of hard work and effort but not seeing any change in the mirror, and starting to worry that they'd never be able to get their weight under control or never see amazing results. But despite all of those things, we helped these women to remove the barriers that were blocking them from seeing results and to quickly and easily get the scales moving, lose the excess weight, regain their confidence, and get back to feeling amazing in all their clothes all in just a few short months. The reason women over 40 struggle to lose weight around menopause usually comes down to a few simple mistakes. And these mistakes can stop you making progress, even if you're getting absolutely everything else right. So in today's podcast, we're going to reveal the five biggest mistakes for menopause weight loss and share our top strategies, which have helped over 6,000 women to drop one to two dress sizes, fit back into all their favorite clothes and feel incredible wearing any anything they like in 12 weeks. So the first mistake that I see a lot and we spend a lot of time helping clients to kind of get over it is to kind of kind of starving themselves to be skinny so there was this desire in the past and maybe still some of a desire now although for a lot of our clients it's less of a driver to be skinny and the thing that they think will get their themselves their fastest is really cutting back really starving themselves doing some sort of extreme diet and this kind of approach can work this is why it's tricky for women in their 20s and 30s so when you're younger and the body's still working optimally, you don't have these hormonal changes um, happening, you can get away with a lot. And at this time of life, that really simple calories in versus calories out, move more, eat less approach still can apply. You can just get away with doing almost anything and see results as long as you're eating less and moving more. The problem is that people are still trying this over 40 and around menopause, and it doesn't work that way over 40. So if you just starve yourself, so if you cut back loads on how much you're eating, if you eat 1,200 calories or 1,000 or even less, the fast 800, it actually leads to some major problems. The first one being muscle loss. So the reason that people often don't realize this is happening is because it kind of can look good on the scale because that number's dropping and you kind of get can get addicted to seeing that number dropping on the scale. And you can still get that without muscle loss, but for a lot of people, they're doing approaches where they're getting a lot. And when the body's younger, again, it, it holds onto muscle pretty well, pretty easily. If you're 20 and you starve yourself, it's not going to eat all of its muscle up. But as you get older, from the age of 30 onwards, you start losing muscle unless you do things to counteract it. And if you starve yourself, you accelerate that muscle loss. But the reason people don't realize is often 
when they do these extreme diets, they see the number on the scale drop a lot. They think this is great. It's working. The reality is a lot of the time, if it's an extreme approach, you're actually just losing loads of muscle and not even that much body fat, which is the thing that's unhealthy that makes you flabby and saggy and and kind of squidges the thing you can pinch. So what, what tends to happen is they see this number going down, they think it's good and they kind of get hooked on doing that and taking these extreme approaches. But there's a lot of downsides to losing muscle. Firstly, it accelerates sarcopenia, which is age-related muscle loss. And the less muscle you have, not only will you be weaker and more unstable, more likely to fall as you get older, but more short-term, you're going to have way less energy and you're going to slow your metabolism down. So the more muscle you have, the faster your metabolism is. The muscle that you have burns a lot of calories. So if you keep losing more and more muscle, you're going to have a slower and slower metabolism. You're going to have to starve yourself more and more and more to see the same kind of results. What also happens is muscle is the thing that's firm and toned. It's the thing that makes you feel youthful. If you lose it, you end up just flabby and saggy. It's kind of like an extreme analogy for this is it's kind of like deflating a balloon. If you just lose loads of muscle, that balloon becomes all kind of wrinkly and squidgy. And the same thing happens to your body. The second issue with starving yourself, so not only is there all of those downsides with losing a load of muscle, which accelerates aging, slows down your metabolism, makes it harder and harder to lose weight. The second thing is it overstresses the body if you do these extreme approaches, especially if your life is already quite stressful. And starvation is perceived as a source of stress by the body, and it adds to the total stress on the body called the allostatic stress. And when you're younger again, your body can tolerate a lot of stress and your life tends to be a lot more simple. As you're older, life's already more complicated, more stressful. And then you add in this starvation, the body will potentially not be able to cope with it and actually fight back. And it can trigger something we call the weight gain triangle, which is kind of a, a cascading series of hormonal consequences of, of chronically high stress levels on the body, which causes chronically high cortisol, the stress hormone. And then you get three things. You get leptin resistance, insulin resistance, and thyroid deregulation. Now, these three things are three things that really contribute to weight gain and make it very hard to lose weight. So they increase cravings. Leptin kind of controls satiety and hunger. Um, so you're going to be craving stuff. So you're going to need more and more willpower to avoid giving in to those cravings. You're probably going to lose to those cravings. Second thing is insulin resistance, which increases fat storage, especially around that middle area. So kind of that spare tire, that menopause belly that people want to, don't want to kind of end up gaining and want to lose, it's going to make that more and more likely to happen. And then the last thing is thyroid deregulation, and that's the gland in your throat that controls your metabolism. So you're going to get a slower metabolism, which again, we kind of all know is not going to help with losing weight. You're going to have to eat less and less and less again, which is then going to cause the muscle loss, and you're in this vicious downward spiral. So what should you do instead? Because clearly starving yourself doesn't actually work well as you get older actually accelerates almost everything you don't want in terms of aging um accelerates that decline in how you look and how you feel and and how much you have to eat until you just can't eat less anymore and and lose weight so what i'd say to do instead is to focus on building muscle which is something that a lot of people don't really prioritize but it's it's so key for so many things and losing fat not body weight so you probably will, by doing this, lose body weight anyway. Almost all of our clients do, but it's not the same thing. And you want to focus on doing these things in like a low stress way so the body doesn't fight back and it lets it happen. And it's kind of like um, if you're, let's say you've got a partner and you're nagging them to do something, or let's say they're nagging you because it's easier to imagine that. And they're nagging you to say, you should do that. You should do that. I don't know how about the, you know, if you're listening, but for me, I kind of 
resist that and push back and probably do the opposite what I'm being told to do. And the body's the same. You kind of need to do it in a much more considerate approach uh, around menopause. You've got to, got to kind of support the body into losing weight rather than hammer it into submission, which doesn't work anymore. So the way you'll do this, first of all, you need to eat the right amount for you. So our clients are often surprised by how much they can eat and lose weight. It's a lot more than 1,200 calories for anyone or 1,000 or 800. Those things will not work and make things worse. And most of our clients actually tell us it doesn't feel like a diet. They don't feel starving. They don't feel too hungry. That's how you want to feel. Second thing, focus on food quality. More fiber, more veggies, more protein, which we'll talk more about later. And then the last thing is to do the right exercise that encourages fat loss and muscle gain uh, in a, in a, and basically do that in a low stress way. So Ben, in terms of exercise then, this probably links into another mistake. Like what would you say the kind of wrong kind of exercise is and what's the right kind of exercise that people should be doing around menopause? So the second mistake people make is thinking that they need to do loads and loads of cardio in order to burn fat and in order to lose weight. But the reality is this couldn't be further from the truth. So doing cardio exercise actually has a lot of downsides as you get older so as you've already mentioned Robert it burns muscle it will help you know it'll accelerate aging and sarcopenia especially from age 40 onwards when the body no longer maintains muscle so easily and that's going to as a result make you feel flabbier and saggier the other problem with cardio exercise is it's also often quite high impact so if you're doing you know especially things like HIIT workouts and running for example you are putting a lot of stress on the joint especially the knees so running puts four to seven times your body weight through your knees which is the equivalent of carrying around a grand piano and I could if you can imagine walking around with a grand piano on your back it's going to be quite stressful on your joints if you're doing hip workouts which contain which are full of things like burpees and squat jumps and all those type of things again that's going to put loads and loads of stress on your knees the problem with that is if you then end up with an injury because you've been overstressing your joints with the exercise you're doing, then that puts you out of action for a long period of time. Not only can you not exercise, but your activity level overall is going to drop as well. So you're going to be doing a lot less steps, be a lot more sedentary, and then it's very easy to to gain weight or definitely to avoid losing any weight and avoid seeing any results. So the third problem with cardio is it's often high stress as well. So things like spinning, HIIT training, body pump, CrossFit, for example, these can be tolerated before menopause and when people's lives are less stressful. So that's why you'll see people doing these things who are looking quite fit, quite healthy. For women whose hormones are changing around menopause though and lives have become more stressful, especially uh, with a lot of the women they work with, you know, the, the further they get into their career, the more responsibility they get and the, the more stress they get and that's coinciding with them reaching their menopause at the same time. So this excess stress can cause that weight, weight gain triangle again that you've already uh, explained, Rob. And essentially that causes the body to hold on to weight and especially body fat around the middle area. So if cardio is not the best idea for women around menopause, what is the, the you know, the, what's going to work better? What, what should you do instead? So the key thing is to focus on building muscle and moving in a, in a low stress way. So first thing to do is focus on low impact strength training or what we like to call LIST in our Fit Over 40 program. This is gentle on the body and joints. So this basically is lifting weights in a slow and controlled way you can do it with very very simple equipment it can all be done from home as well most of our clients do all all of their workouts from home this keeps stress levels on the body low it has a lower injury risk it builds lean firm and toned muscle that lifts and tones the body all over and 
it's also extremely effective for fat loss. So it's going to help you lose more body fat than doing a load of cardio sessions or anything else. With just three sessions a week for about 30 to 45 minutes, that's going to help you typically lose, you know, one to two stone in 12 weeks. We've had loads of clients see those type of results. And it still gets your heart rate going enough to give you some cardio benefit as well. So exercise-wise, avoid the cardio and focus on some low-impact strength training instead. So that's kind of exercise. What other mistakes do you see people making, Rob? So I'm seeing this more and more now. Um, I think, understandably, but more and more people are turning towards kind of a vegan diet or a plant-based diet. I don't know if you're seeing this with clients as well, but I'm certainly hearing more and more uh, are going that way. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that from an ethical point of view. I think it's actually a very good thing. I think overconsumption of meat, um, especially like farmed meats, you know, battery farmed things, like I've really tried to move away from that as well. Um, But there's also a lot of downsides to eating just vegan and plant-based. And I think a lot of people assume that it's just automatically gonna be healthier. And actually, especially as you get older, it's not so much. Again, if you're 20, you don't need as much protein. You, do, you don't lose muscle as easily. It's not such an issue. You lose weight more easily. So I recently watched, I don't know if you've seen this, Ben. Um, you Are What You Eat on Netflix. It's a twin experiment. Have you seen this? I haven't. I think I've seen it advertised, but I haven't actually watched it. So I've, I've just finished watching it. And um, the premise of this show is they get identical twins because it's very hard with studies on humans to figure out what's actually working and what's not because of genetic variability but they're getting genetically identical people to eat an omnivorous diet and then a vegan diet and they get randomly picked um and then they get their bodies scanned their health checked like all of these different markers done um they even got their uh their libido basically checked in this 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 sex clinic um, to see how aroused they get on these different diets as well um which is quite funny but they 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 check both these diets and see um after eight weeks, what's changed. Um, And what really struck me, because I thought, okay, this is quite a pro-vegan program and they're probably going to say the vegan diet's better in every way. Kind of, interestingly, it didn't come out like that. All of the vegans lost muscle. Um, Some of them lost weight, some of them didn't, but not many of them actually saw very good results in terms of improvements in body composition. Most of them lost quite a lot of muscle. Um, Whereas the people eating meat, most of them either lost very little if they were not ex- not doing the strength training we've talked about already, or if they did the strength training, they gained quite a lot of muscle. And then the kind of the, the killer stat as well was two guys got really into strength training and one guy who was eating um, the omnivorous diet, so it was a healthy omnivorous diet, uh, meat and fish and vegetables, he gained three times more muscle in eight weeks than his brother who was on the, the vegan diet. And they were the ones who were like most strictly trying to build muscle. So... Unfortunately, it's just not as healthy as people think. Um, it did have one big benefit, which was it, it, it had more of an impact, um, just to give the balance argument, on, on visceral fat. That came down more with the people eating the vegan diet. That was the only thing that seemed to be better, um, other than obviously for the planet. So if you want to do it for ethical reasons, that's fine. But if you want to lose weight and tone up and kind of thrive and feel and look your best, it's very, very hard. It's much harder on a vegan diet. It's not impossible, but it's much, much harder, especially as you get older. Again, when you're younger, you can get away with way more and the body just kind of does what you want, builds muscle more easily, improves fitness, tolerates stress, all of these things. And the key thing that's difficult with a vegan diet is, there's two things really, but protein is the main one and then B12. 
um, for energy. But protein, I think, is the most important thing that a lot of our clients um, don't realize is important and a lot of people kind of make a mistake with. So they're really focused on calories and kind of a lot of people are starving themselves before they come work with us, which as we've talked about already doesn't work, but they also don't realize they need actually more protein. So the reason protein is so important, um, if you want to stay lean, if you want to stay healthy, if you want to lose weight, especially as you get older, is there's a number of reasons, but it one key thing is it kind of digests slowly. So what that will do is it will keep your kind of blood sugar levels more steady. And if it keeps your blood sugar levels more steady, it will help to reduce cravings. It will help to avoid hot flushes, um, which is obviously important. And other menopause side effects, because they're often triggered by spikes in blood sugar. And it also triggers something called peptide YY, which is a substance that kind of signals to your brain that you're full. So you, you don't crave things as much. Protein also helps to build muscle. So that will make you firmer and more toned, as we talked about already. And that will increase your metabolism, which will make it easier and easier to keep the, the fat off and make it easier and easier to lose weight. So these things are hard to get in a plant-based diet. You can do it, but you really want to measure it. If you're doing a plant-based diet for ethical reasons or for other reasons that mean you're not going to come off it, you need to really track your protein intake and aim for one to one and a half grams per kilo of body weight as a minimum if you want to thrive and, and to see good results. If you just did that vegan or plant-based diet because you thought it would be like the answer to losing weight and it's not working, then it might be worth reconsidering. And what I would say is it's much easier to get enough protein from animal sources, especially complete protein, which um, is hard to get from um, from plant-based sources. And a complete protein means it has the amino acids your body can't make itself. But if you combine that with that client of plant-based approach, you add the meat or the fish to loads of vegetables, you're kind of onto a winner because we do still need all of those things. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but it, you need to add the protein to it, um, which, and especially from those animal sources, again, you'll get that B12 for energy. So basically plant-based plus meat and fish, uh, hopefully from good sources, is going to lead to the best results. So the key takeaway I would say from this is just realize it's not an automatic ticket to really good health and weight loss and, and being fit and toned and strong and, you know, thriving for the next 10, 20 years of your life. In fact, it's probably going to make it much harder to do those things. Um, so if you're going to do it, you need to be very careful. We do have lots of vegan and vegetarian clients and we help them to get that, that protein in. Um, but you need to be more, you know, you need to be very mindful of that. If you're doing it, it's much easier to see progress without having to think and try so much um, without being vegan or plant-based. So we've covered the exercise and nutrition side of things now, but there's there's also, um, I think, mindset, the way we think, that's kind of a big barrier and a big thing that trips people up a lot in uh, in my experience. What, what kind of challenges do you see or mistakes do you see people making, especially around menopause, you know, over 40 then in that area? So amongst our clients, I'd say one of the most common mindset issues people run into is all or nothing thinking. So kind of a kind of linked into perfectionism. So this type of thinking, especially perfectionism, can get you a long way in your career because you know you're, if you're very kind of detail focused, you're focused on doing a good job, then you're going to do well in your career. You're going to do well in other aspects of your life as well. So you know, family life might be amazing, career might be amazing, etc. Um, but when it comes to trying to lose weight trying to see results it doesn't always work so for example people thinking you know I've got my birthday later this month so this month's going to be a write-off and I'll start again next month or um, you know one that we've seen very recently it's coming to the start of the year is in December we were getting loads of people saying you know oh well I'm, there's no way I'm going to see results in December so this month's a write-off and I'll start again in January or you have on a smaller scale people 
you know, they might eat something unhealthy. They might make a bit of a mistake. Well, not not a mistake diet-wise, but they might eat something that's like, technically, we've we might have advised them maybe don't have this, and then they end up having a little bit. But the all or nothing thinking would say, you know, I've blown it today, so today's a write-off. So I therefore might eat may as well just keep eating this unhealthy food and then start again tomorrow or start again next week or start again on Monday. The reality is consistency is the most important thing for losing weight and maintaining your results. So for example, you know, not having a whole month off due to things like illness or injury or life getting in the way or just, you know, your your mindset gets in the way and you suddenly decide, you know, any of those things, you know, this month's a write-off, this week's a write-off, etc. And it's hard around menopause as at this age, there's often a lot going on for our clients. So, you know, many of the women we work with, they have reached the peak in their career. They've got more people reporting to them. They've got more responsibility, more stress, more people putting problems onto their plate every single day. They're also in what's called the sandwich generation where our clients are typically, you know, they might be caring for aging parents, but then at the same time, they're also kind of still caring for their children as well. Um, even if their children are grown up, they're still, you know, solving problems for the parents and also solving problems for the children. So many of our clients, um, you, you know, that they're in a situation that's very stressful where a lot of people are relying on them, but at work and also in their home lives as well. So there are a few things that can help you avoid this trap of kind of all or nothing thinking or, you know, giving up and kind of going on and off track when life gets difficult. So the first thing is realizing that it's a sliding scale. It's like a, a dimmer switch rather than a light switch. So what that means is you can know how to turn things up or up or down depending on the situation. Inside the Fit of a 40 program, we have something called the a video on sort of the dial, something about dials where essentially you, you think of all the things you're doing, so your nutrition, exercise, etc., as dials or a sliding scale. So if life gets a bit more difficult, maybe you just turn down the exercise a bit, you turn down the nutrition a bit, maybe you've reduced your workouts to you know 60%, 70% of what you normally would do. But realize that if you're doing you know 60, 70, 80% of what you normally would do, that's gonna be good enough a lot of the time. You're probably still gonna make some progress, even if you've had to dial it down. Whereas the you know the alternative, which would be you know, I can't do it for this week. I'm not going to focus on my nutrition at all. I'm not going to focus on my workouts at all. And you just go down to 0%. You go from on to just off, like a just a, a normal light switch. In that situation, you're probably going to, you're definitely not going to make forward progress. And in a lot of cases, people will then take a step backwards, especially if you're off for an extended period of time, whether it's a week, two weeks, a month, etc. So it's really important and this is just one of the aspects of mindset that we focus on with our clients because everybody has different challenges in terms of mindset but just really it's really important to avoid that all or nothing thinking to avoid that perfectionism and just realize that with fitness unlike a lot of other things in life where you know you do kind of have to get everything right and be perfect especially in like work-wise usually people are held to a really high standard in fitness you can really drop the standard of what you're doing you can let it slide down lower and you can still make really good forward progress because it's it's much more about consistency than just being 100% perfect. And the last thing that I think really helps as well is just having someone there to help you and to just help you keep going when you feel stuck or feel like giving up. Um, I mean, Rob, how, how have you seen this work with our clients, obviously, who have had 
that help and support? What difference has that made for people? Well, I think it's just hard to do on your own. Like I, I, I know this is, we're biased here, but we, we had a conversation on our coaching team meeting on Tuesday and um, we were talking as a team about how harsh or hard our clients are on themselves as a whole, that all or nothing perfectionism thinking is, is rife. And a lot of the time what we find ourselves doing as coaches is actually just reassuring them that they're actually doing better than they think they are. Like I'm doing this all the time. I'm sure you are as well. Every time we speak to clients after four weeks, a lot of them are really critical. They go, oh, I've only lost five pounds. Um, you know, I don't think I, you know, I, 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 and they come out with all the reasons why they've not been able to do more. And we're going, that's really, really good. Like, especially if someone who's starting weight isn't that high, five pounds is really good progress. We've also built a load of muscle. So two pounds of muscle maybe. And if you extrapolate that over a year, they've, they've lost over a pound a week. They're going to lose 52 pounds in a year. That's significant. That's like three plus stone, four stone over a year. And I think trying to do this on your own is just really, really hard. Without, without any guidance, when your life's really, really busy, if you've already got a lot going on um, and you've spent years, you know, being very hard on yourself, which has got you to a certain level of success, but also with nutrition often ends up with people just giving up because it seems too hard and they feel like they're failing all the time. It can make it so much easier. And I think we, as humans, we like to kind of overinflate our abilities to achieve stuff on our own. I've realized that for myself over the years and having to get mentors um, and, and coaches as well, even in fitness, even though I, I know what I should be doing, having a coach, having a program, having someone then keeping you accountable to it and and reassuring you when it feels like progress is really slow, which it does, I think, for most of us all the time, that we're actually on track and it's okay. Then we just keep going. And most people fail not because they aren't achieving results they fail because they stop when things get a little bit hard um when life gets in the way which happens all the time for our clients uh and they think that they just need more willpower but actually i think they just need someone to to keep them in the positive frame of mind and it's kind of like if you imagine working from home on your own it's kind of more difficult to stay motivated um versus if you're in the office and everyone around you is working and you know they've got a boss keeping an eye on you you kind of just automatically do it. Even if they're not coming over and saying you need to work harder, you tend to just work harder because we tend to do stuff for other people as well. I think this is the other thing we've got to leverage more than we would do just for ourselves. We don't like to let other people down as human beings. I think especially the type of women we work with, you know, they're, they're often fantastic parents, carers for their own parents and, and, and at work, they really care. Um, and the person that comes last always is them and there's no one looking out for them. They're looking out for everyone else. So I would say just having someone else who's got your back and who also is an expert is kind of key because friends can have your back some of the time, but they're not, you know, that's not their job. So often they kind of drop the ball when they're busy, when they're stressed. They also don't tend to understand, like the, the general narrative is once you hit menopause, things are different and you're just going to gain weight and that's how it's going to be. It's all part of aging, you've got to give into it. And that's not true at all. We've seen thousands of women you know, buck that trend. So we know it's not true inside Trinity. And if someone around you understands the hormonal changes and can advise you on what to do and understands the lifestyle that you've got and, and how that's kind of more stressful than ever and knows what to do when progress stalls so they can quickly and easily get you making progress again and keep you on track, that's kind of the key thing. So I think there's two things that can really help here. First of all, having that expert person there to, to, to kind of guide you and support you through those tough times when you're not feeling like it, when you're not making progress or something weird's happening, maybe due to hormonal changes and they can advise you how to, to resolve that. 
And then the second thing I think is also really important is being part of a, a community, a group of people who are on the kind of same mission. So people who get it, who are actually succeeding at that mission. Like we have clients inside our community who are two, three, four years in with us. They've seen incredible results. They might have lost three, four, five stone. You can go and hear some of them in our end of year episode we did at the end of last year with our top 10 results. But they're often reassuring the new people that this is all normal. This is this is okay. Like here's a few things you can do if you're struggling with that. Uh, and here's what I was able to achieve even with all of these blocks and barriers, you know, losing family members, caring for people, um, getting made redundant, all these live things that can, can happen around menopause that are really challenging on top of those things. So those are two kind of things that we offer our clients that I think are essential really for long-term success. I think it's so tempting to think, I'll just figure this out on my own. But if you haven't already, I don't really know what's going to suddenly change. And trying to rely on willpower doesn't work. You need to be around an environment that breeds success and have the support and accountability to get there. And then once you've got there, maintaining isn't so difficult, but making the change is difficult and making that change on your own. Very few people, almost no one does that. Like there's no, no one's really self-made. We have coaches, our clients have coaches and they see great results because they have that. And then we're part of communities. Again, I know you're really into climbing, Ben. You're in a climbing community that's really successful. Um, when I was doing CrossFit, I was in a CrossFit community, again, that's really successful. And those people lift you up and, and hold you to that high standard and make you realize what's possible. So let's share an example then of what's possible. Like our clients often lose one to two stone in 12 weeks, which around menopause, which is kind of unheard of a lot of the time. Um, but Ben, do you have a specific example of someone who's achieved something like that? So yeah, we've got a great example here from Haley, who is 48 and she's perimenopausal from Derby. So Haley said, when I started, I was a size 18. I no longer felt like me. I was always tired, stressed, low on patience and out of breath. Dog walks were becoming harder and I definitely couldn't keep up with simple family sports anymore. I was repulsed by my appearance, had given up on swimwear and didn't like my photo to be taken on holiday. I didn't like summer because I would be expected to wear shorts and food was a comfort and an evil. My head was full and I was getting unhealthier and unhappier by the month. I was worried about my future health and the impact on my family. I was upset by my lack of strength for day-to-day -day tasks, disgusted by my appearance and worried about future health. Uh, the most out of my comfort zone thing I've ever done was to submit bikini photos to you both, men I didn't know who I'd met online. I don't even post family snapshots on social media. And nearly two, two years down the line, I can honestly say this decision has been life-changing. I've lost 21.8 kilos. I am now 10 stone. I can join in all family sporting activities. I've lost three sizes from squeezing into a size 18 trousers to a size 12. My top is now a size 10. That makes shopping a much more enjoyable experience rather than a chore. So many people have noticed my change in appearance. Colleagues, friends, doctors, it's very flattering and encouraging. I can wear shorts and a bikini again. Work colleagues have noticed I no longer have a short fuse. I no longer believe myself to be a sugarholic. My stress levels are well controlled. I finally changed my job to concentrate on my own business. I'm happier and I'm a nicer person to be around. I'm chuffed to bits with what you and your team have helped me achieve. Thank you. So that's an amazing testimonial, amazing case study there from Haley. And if you want to find out more about Fit Over 40 and our private coaching, which Haley and hundreds of other women have used to achieve incredible results around the menopause, head over to www.fit40info.com and you can find all of those details on that page. So that just about wraps up for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll catch you next week for another episode. We shall see you then. 
So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.